Hello, welcome <laughs> to Boss Women, a podcast about women in business in comedy. My name's Katie and this is my mum, Karen. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. Mama said, Mama said, Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my Mama said. Mama said, Mama said. Very good introduction, <laughs> Katie. I that know, was I don't know what you expected. Well, no, it's because the last one we did... Every you time were... I do it, I mess it up. Yes. No, I no, know. the last time you were a wee bit croaky, but you're not croaky today. I'm not, well, it's also three o'clock in the afternoon, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes, well, uh, how have we been getting on? We have been getting on yeah. with it. <laughs> just, just you and me getting on. Yeah. The only you and me get on. Yeah. No, everything is, thank God, it's into the second week. And uh, well, second the sun half. has come out again. Yeah, the sun's back. And yeah, we are going to have two fabulous last weekends, basically. Uh, it's been tough, but we're getting there. That's right. Yeah, And we have another guest another this week. Interview. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the lovely <laughs> Su- Susie McGabe. <laughs> Susie's a stand-up comedian from Glasgow who took her first steps as a stand-up as a drunken deer. <laughs> Susie had a successful career in the construction industry, which I'm fascinated to find out about, before becoming a comedian. She has won multiple Scottish awards, Scottish Comedy Awards, Best Headline and Best Show, and she took her first solo show, Domestic Disaster, to the Fringe in 2019, to a sellout run, which is fabulous. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, ladies. Susie McCabe, how are you? you? I'm good. I'm second week and I'm still okay. Yeah, you're doing okay. So that's all right. Still awake. It's the Barocca. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm living on Barocca. It's so good. It's so good. And especially... Can I say one thing? If you take it when you go to bed, it works through the night. (laughs) Really? Oh, better. Yeah. Really? I just fight Lynn Ferguson told me that. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, I am well on that. He is properly bright orange by the morning. Well, I've no idea. No, I don't look it. I'll be like when you put one of those uh, system cleaners (laughs) in, and then you're like, what's wrong? Oh, that's right. I put one in. Yeah, exactly. Barocca. But Barocca is the thing. The Barocca, and I get to, I commute in and out, so I get to go home every night and I see Mother Half and have a normal conversation. Are you driving? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh looks my good. god, but that's tough. Is that not tiring? It's quite tiring. But I quite like going home and just having a cup of tea and a Absolutely. slice of cheese and toast and yeah. being like, How was your day? Yeah. yeah. How's yeah, your mum? It kind of brings a bit of normality how, to the... how late are you on? Uh, so I, my show finishes at quarter to nine, so it's really just if I've got any other gigs. Yeah. But at that time it's forty minutes and I stay in the east end of Glasgow, so I'm the right side of the Kingston Bridge. Yeah. Great. So it doesn't really feel as if I'm having to go through the city, you know. So yeah. but no, I think that's uh, that's the key. Good sleep. And you're selling out? Doing really well, yeah. I'm really quite surprised because there was a calculated risk in mm-hmm. moving from a seventy-five to a hundred and ninety-five. Oh, that's oof. a that's a jump. That's a jump, yeah. Uh, and we we had a big kind of chat about it, and I was very much, oh, that'll never happen. Mm. Um, no, I disagree because you, <laughs> I I would have advised you to do that too, and that's and that's it, yeah. Yes, because you've been doing so much work. People, I mean, you you have got a really huge rise now to how you were five yeah. years ago. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 definitely. And and Rich, my agent, was like, look, I think it's a a, a safeish bet, and he's very much probably like you, like you you. You look at evidence and you and you kind of need to tactically judge it, don't Absolutely, you? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. it's quite a hard call. And as a performer, you never you you never want to take the jump. Yeah. You're just happy where you are, and it's mm-hmm. all fine. Mm-hmm. And but if you don't take the risks, that's it. it be, he was very much you need to break a few eggs to make an omelette. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we've done. And it it's been great. And you know, I've been surprised. But I'm loving it. But yeah. how was your yeah. pandemic? Did you end up doing a lot of radio then and, and a lot of things that has helped you? So i done radio uh, round about the June-July 2020. Myself and Des McLean said, we should do a beer garden tour. Oh, yeah, yeah when I you remember. When you could tour outside. Yeah. 
So we came up with a little poster of a VW van in his face and my face. And we done beer gardens all over Scotland, Loch yeah. Gilpaid, Loch Long. Um, like at one point we were in a 200-seater in Glasgow with 100 people. Oh, God. So we came out fit. Yeah. And then, obviously, you had all this new material that you'd written during the pandemic, of course, of course. about the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of... You know, you you need to throw it away now because uh, yeah, we to can't. To, yeah. But it was it we was have to move on. Yeah, it? yeah, and it was really good fun, and it so done that, and then uh, we done a Zoom gig, which mm. I done with a guy called Dario Bernardi, where he the nightclub. We oh made yeah, a yeah, of course. Massive green screen. Yeah. Painted it all green. Put a one hundred and eighty degree round wrap around screen in it. Yeah. And had people on Zoom. Yeah. So that we had an actual audience to talk to and the comedians came to the club and then one night we get raided by the police. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't no. hear that. Twelve police officers turned up. You are kidding I'm me. I'm not joking. Twelve what like about? proper what fans what was it about? jumped on there like just to make sure you're abiding by the rules. Um, which which we were. See what like the COVID the COVID rules. rules. Oh my god! And everyone had their own little booth in the in their own microphone, and everything was all really safe and yeah. stuff like that. Because a lot of comedians were like, like I had vulnerable parents, they had vulnerable parents, sure. and such like, and it was all totally above, above board. board. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the police just kind of left, and then I went back on. And I was like, well, I've just been raided by the police. <laughs> <laughs> I total claim to fame. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so we done that, and then that meant that when we actually came out of of the pandemic, I was fighting fit. Yeah, I was match fit. I'd been at the comedy gym and those beer gardens. Yeah, like you know yourself. Tough crowd. <laughs> yeah, tough crowds, and sometimes you're competing with the weather. Yeah, and you know so you you you've got no roof of course, to of hold that sound. So obviously, I've gigged in Australia. You you two yeah, both yeah, know yeah. Australia, so you get a lot of that. Yeah. So what that then does means that when you pitch up to do a festival like Edinburgh yeah. or even just like an actual music festival mm-hmm. with a comedy stage, mm-hmm. you are so fit. Yeah, you're yeah. So, you you yeah, know exactly what you're dealing with. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I could have sat in social media and moaned yeah. or I could just have tried to make stuff happen. Yeah. But what people don't realise is because of my previous occupations, yeah, I went away and spoke to every EHO uh-huh. In Scotland, where we were doing a gig, and I had a folder of how we were taking precautions and yeah. what was happening. Yeah, brilliant. So that they could then sit in the boozer that we were going to do it in, yeah. take them through it, and highlight sure. that everything was being adhered to, and then invite them down so yeah. they could see it. And they were like, they were "Fair happy. play, yeah, yeah." yeah and you great. need you need to do that. Absolutely, you need I, to do that. I want to go back to your. Um, drunken first gig then the, yeah the, so what yeah, tell us did, about what you did before and how you got into comedy well how did you do that somebody dared you so yeah so my friend uh maz got diagnosed with ovarian cancer <gasps> stage four. Oh, jesus uh and maz had been away traveling and came back after the diagnosis yeah and uh, me and, and another friend went to see her and uh, they were like 18 months, right? She survived three and a half years mm. and she'd done a lot of good stuff with that. And me and my mate were sitting, I was just 30 at the time, and we're sitting three o'clock in the morning, we've had curry, we've had beer, we're in my house, we're just gabbing <laughs> away. And he was like, oh, you know, we should do something that scares ourselves. And I said, I cannot jump out a plane. None of that. <laughs> no, me yeah. neither. Yeah, yeah. None of I that. I will never. Not. Let's skywalk. Let's no. not. <laughs> That's why it's the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> so uh, he said, oh, you can do this comedy course. And you've always made me laugh. And I've always made you laugh. Let's do it. So it was with Viv G. Yeah. Yes. So we applied to Strathclyde Uni. So... The next morning, Paul's in my kitchen with a cup of hot steaming mug of black coffee, and he was like, "Do you remember what you agreed to last night?" Yeah. And I was like, "Write the check. I'll transfer the money." Right? <laughs> like, I know we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, no bother. Got into the got or got into doing the the night school course. Yeah. And they were going round the room and asking everybody, and it was like, "Oh yeah, I love amateur dramatics, or I'm in a choir." <laughs> yeah. In this so already like into oh yeah, yeah. well into the arts yeah, and yeah. they get round to Paul and Paul's like I've wanted to do this course for five years and I'm like what <laughs> I 
and he, he's basically just conned me into yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah. And the lovely Viv, who's like one of the nicest she people in indeed. the world, was like, so Susie, I was like, well, it was a kind of dare. And she's like, oh, right. She's like, so did you ever do, like, have you ever done drama? And I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what about school? Did you do a school show? And I was like, no. <laughs> she's like, you must have done a nativity. And I was like, I don't think I've held a microphone in my life. <laughs> really, really. And, and, she, and you could see the fear. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, right. And I'd done the course. And it doesn't teach you how to be funny. It just teaches you how you would formulate comedy. Yeah. And I'd done the course. And from then, I just kept getting gigs. And it just... I just get right did out you, of hand. Yeah, did yeah. you find it difficult to write material? No, no. Once I get started, I was well on the way of it. And, and that's actually the process that you love. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the actual, like I love performing and all that sure. validation, but the actual writing and the science of it mm-hmm. is probably the most interesting yeah, bit yeah. in watching that material grow. And watching other comedians' material, you know, how, how they've yeah. started with that three or four minutes. And then suddenly and then it, they've got such a bit in your leg. That's proper 10 minute set or whatever. Aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how long ago was that? Uh, so my first gig was the 18th of January, 2011. Wow. Yeah, 2011. It was yeah. meant to be in the December of 2010, but that was the whiteout Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> Remember <laughs> the whole of Scotland was covered in snow and we just came to a grinding halt. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a north from the east. Yes, it's a northern northern European country. We can't cope with snow. Yeah, we can't. We don't know what to do. So it was uh, the 18th of January 2011. Yeah, yeah. And it was. So you've come on absolute leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. And And it probably comes from the Glasgow sense of humour is so. You know, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The Glasgow sense of humour. Really. It's I I I think it's the Irish thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's the Irish immigration. I think when you go to places like Belfast and Liverpool and Newcastle, where yeah. you've got docks, yeah, yeah, Irish immigration, yeah. historical industry, post-industrial, a real working class. Like mm. sometimes I think some of the best art, regardless of what it is, comes from that kind of working class. Sure. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really important that we that we still have that within our art scene. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. absolutely well, yeah. You've got to have that balance between sure. the middle class and the working yeah, class of yeah. coming in because that's the magic of art yeah. is that it brings everyone, everyone together. Of course, there's of a course. commonality there, yeah. and it's classless. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. probably one of the only things in British society that you can see. It's classless because yeah, everything yeah. else is driven by class. Yeah, because right. when you because you it took you a while to get to stop doing your full time work because you did comedy alongside full time a full time job for quite for a, a while, didn't you? Yeah, because I just didn't feel that until I was a headliner. Yeah, and until I was an MC, yeah. until I was headlining the top. Here, yeah, I couldn't call myself a comedian, really. And I was like, No, I'm, I'm gonna just do both. I mean, I How do feel do that, <laughs> but I did feel that, um, I do feel that five it takes about five years to get really comfortable, yeah, you know, with your and, voice, yes, yes yeah, and, and your own truth, yeah, it's really. I was 30 when I started this, yeah. and you know, when you once you kind of turn 30. There's a new, there's a different level of confidence that you have, isn't it? You yeah. know, in your twenties, you're striving. Yeah. I need this, and I need that, because that's what we're told. But mm-hmm. actually, in your thirties, you're like, I feel a bit different about myself. Sure. And there's a, a kind of you know confidence. Know yourself so much more. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. know what you stand for, and Absolutely. you know what you are, and you, you can see how the world kind of functions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I and I've done that, but also I, I kind of maintain that having a job lets you appreciate your other stuff like really? because when you do comedy it's the greatest job in the world yeah it is without doubt the best job in the world even on a miserable november <laughs> night in sheffield <laughs> yeah. it is still the best job in yeah, the world yeah. even when you've got people in your life who are critically ill or you're i mean i've went through a divorce sure. in the time that I've been yeah. doing comedy where you've got all that going on. Yeah. You can go on to a stage for 20 minutes, half an hour, and Dr. Comedy kicks in. Yeah. And the world's a different I place. I love that Dr. Sure, Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but come on, Susie, don't tell me you haven't met some miserable comics. Oh, I certainly the have. worst. <laughs> the most self-indulgent, self-important, it's not, but what about me? Yeah. And you're like, well, 
I know, bitter as well. And, I can get and so that's why I love the, what you're saying. You know, it's so because you've come into it, um, you know, a bit you later after you, after you had your career and you, you yeah. did two at, you know, two at the same time. It's it's brilliant. If you've, like, I was eight and a half years before I went full time. And I knew, do you know when I knew I was a full time comic? It was about six weeks after that. Mm. And I'd been to see my mum and dad that morning and I was driving down the motorway back home and I thought to myself, what day is it? Yeah. And it was a Friday. Uh-huh. Now, see if you don't know it's a Friday, you genuinely do not work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 because when you work for a living, you always know when Friday is and you always Absolutely. know when, when Monday yeah. is. Yeah. But when no day when those days of the week can pass you without a care. Yeah. And essentially a Friday is your Monday. Absolutely. Because yeah, of, yeah. of our job. But you go, no, I've got the best job in the world. Yeah. And yeah. and that's that's when, you know, and it's it's so important that you always remember that. Even yeah. if you've not had a good gig or you're tired or whatever, you still go, still the best job in the world. Have you so ever yeah, felt like that? Have you ever had a time where you didn't like comedy or has nah. it honestly been? Yeah, nah. it is amazing. So, I love so it. I think we should just go back to your early life. Yes. Um, <laughs> Way uh, back. You were born in Glasgow? Born in Glasgow, 1980, born and bred in the east end of Glasgow. Now, yep. I'm going to disclaimer that and yes. say <laughs> I was actually brought up in a really nice area of the east end. <laughs> But in true Glasgow style, you're only ever one street away Absolutely, from yeah, yeah. a disaster zone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. no, uh, yeah, I was brought up in the East End of Glasgow. What was it like growing up in the East End of Glasgow for it, you? Do you know what? It was it, it, it was great. Mm. Look, it was the 80s, right? So, you know, everyone yeah. was skint. Yeah. Uh, my dad worked away from home. My dad was a spark. Yeah. He was a what? A spark. He was an electrician. A sparky. I was going to say a sparky. You can't say that. Yeah, yet. sparky. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a sparky and he worked away from home a lot because, yeah. you know, there was not a lot of work up here mm-hmm. and he worked away from home. So it was me and my mum, my older brother. So he's eight years older than me and he left the house at 16 to join the Air Force. Mm. So he's a an, an officer. Oh, is he? Is, and, he, is he a pilot? And the Air Force, he was. Uh, he's not now. He's old, old and fat. <laughs> <laughs> so he can't do it. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's in, um, and he's still in the military. So he left the house at 16. But he was a really big influence on me because when you've got that age gap, all that comedy of the early to mid 80s was filtered through him. Through him, yeah. So I remember like him sure. coming in from the cadets on a Friday night and I'd be like awake in my room when I shouldn't be awake and he'd be like, Do you like to come and watch Friday Night Live? Mm-hmm. Ben Elton, mm-hmm. Joe Brand. Yeah. Like that's right, yeah. And I worked with Joe Brand recently and I was like I don't did think you tell you, her? Oh, I did. I was like, You were the first woman that I can remember seeing on stage with just a mic and a light. Yeah. yeah. And I love yeah. Victoria Wood. Yeah. But that was a different thing yeah, altogether. It was a different kind different. of comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it was great. But Joe Brand and Joe Brand looked like I knew I was gay, yeah. and it was that yeah. she looked gay yeah. at that time, and mm-hmm. and that was still a, a you know a kind of big thing. So sure, I kind of sure. felt this affinity. Who she's not gay, yeah. But as a youngster, you kind of go just the image. Yeah, she yeah. actually yeah. she she actually didn't mind people thinking she was gay at all. You yeah, because she is who she is. Yeah, you know, she's very, her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very honest. That's very right. honest. Absolutely. So he influenced my music and my comedy. And then when he joined the Air Force and he would come home, he would like bring things like um, the smell of Reeves and Mortimer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, like yes. The, the videos of the, the red and the blue. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, spit an image. Uh-huh. Of course, like I grew up at a time that was politically volatile. Yeah. But I could tell you who was in the cabinet, in the shadow cabinet, because of spit an image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, Roy Hattersley with the spits, because that's such a visual, yeah. isn't it? Yes, it's such indeed. a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that... Henry Naylor, he, he, he wrote for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He used to write for spitting image. It was so good. Even yeah. now, you could go back and watch that. Well, they tried to really relaunch it, didn't they? But yeah, it was but, on Channel 5 or something. So they put it, it on Britbox, Britbox um, which we don't. Yeah. Nah, yeah, no, it I, needs to be on. It needs to be on yeah, or, yeah, terrestrial yeah, yeah. channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does, because it has to be accessible. Yeah, Again, yeah, it's course. the whole arts thing. Yeah, yeah. So that was a thing. But I used to have Friday nights. So my dad. And your mum, did she work? 
Uh, yeah, so my mum uh, like was a dinner woman, then she was a home help. All right. And uh, my mum, so what used to happen is dad would be away from home four to six weeks, then come home for a weekend. So Friday night, my mum would meet me at primary school at lunchtime, <laughs> and there was like a market across the road just on a Friday. Mm. She'd get me a hot dog with onions, we'd buy some sweets, <laughs> and on a Friday night, we'd sit and watch Cheers, yep. The Golden Girls, Roseanne. <laughs> Fantastic. And then on a Saturday, we done what every kind of woman and daughter done then. Yeah. You went, you jumped in the bus and you went into town to meet your gran. You went to see your nana yeah, in yeah. town and, you know, you'd be dragged about shops. It yeah. was terrible. <laughs> and then I would get the bus up the road with my nana and stay at my nana's. And we would watch things like... Um, like Bruce Forsyth's Generation Game and Big Break. And we used to record ITV and watch BBC so that we could fast forward the adverts to watch what was on ITV. Yeah. My Anna was wise. <laughs> she basically invented Sky Plus yeah, before yeah. Sky Plus. <laughs> and um, was this because your mum and dad were going out? Yeah, or- sometimes it would be maybe to give my mum a break because yeah, I could yeah. imagine I was a pest. <laughs> a pest. I'm sure you were a very funny pest. A yeah, pest, yeah. I. And, and just, I just adored my Anna. Uh-huh. But also... <clears throat> So my grandfather passed away just before I turned five and he was, you know, he was 62, but he was in his bed, emphysema, you know, smoked 20 a day, all that kind of, a different time. But um, my gran obviously looked after him. It was a very old school situation. Mm -hmm. And when he passed away, my brother and him were really close and my brother actually found him. (gasps) So my brother was like 13 and Mm -hmm. that happened and he was getting to a point where he was his friends and going to the football on a Saturday and stuff. So my nana then, grief-stricken, could plough all her energies into me because she only had the two of us. Mm-hmm. My mum was an only child. was only her my mum. Yeah. So a Saturday was me and nana. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And that, that was that, that like, I kind of look at the kids in the family that have got grandparents yeah. and I'm like, oh, you don't know what you've got, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of want to say to them, you need to cherish every minute of this yeah. because it they won't be here forever. Absolutely. And I had my nana till I was thirty six. I've actually got, and I know this is obviously a podcast, so mm-hmm. that little ring, yeah, um, is the same color as my eyes uh-huh. because I've got the same color as my nana's eyes, but it's actually got some of my nana's ashes in it. Oh my god, really? <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, did you get that? Made? So Nicola, actually, my partner got it made for me and oh, she was like I think this so, so my nana passed away in the June she gave me that in the September and she was like I think that will help with your grief so nana's been to like yeah. New York Australia <laughs> twice yeah. she's been in she's the telly I'm like my nana yeah um, so there, there's something really nice about that that yeah. sometimes you can just have that wee touch and go yeah, it's yeah, alright she's there yeah. and then the inside that actually says forever holding my hand oh, oh beautiful how gorgeous beautiful. how lovely yeah. to give yeah. you that so yeah. me and my mum have got this kind of like I was always a daddy's girl because my dad wasn't there and you know my when football, he came home and you missed yeah. him yeah like yeah. superstar coming yeah. home and, and like my dad like worked in like Japan for nine months and sang oh, a poem for a year and stuff like that so there was a lot of time where I didn't spend with my dad growing up so when he came home you were just like oh, dad's home you know forgetting that mum has done everything mm-hmm. and yes. disciplined you yes. and done everything yes. that she has to do to be and a mum got to enjoy you and he just kind of all sees in like the big hero with a toolbox you <laughs> yeah. know yeah um, yeah. So it's just such a man thing to do, isn't it? So that was a thing. So I suppose as I became a teenager, me and my mum kind of clashed, as you do, mm. which is entirely natural. Oh, tell me about it. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Oh, I wasn't thinking of you. I was thinking about my mum, not you. <laughs> yeah, why do you take the wrong end of the stick, Katie? <laughs> well, how else would I take anyway. I was thinking of being a teenager with my mother. Yeah, you, tell you me about turned it. to me and said, oh, tell me about yeah. it. What am I supposed to think? Carry on. But I always had Nana. Yeah, and, yeah and so you could, yeah. True Glasgow style, she was like my honours. Like, yeah. it was pure Elna. <laughs> just Elna, just leave her beat. She's not doing any harm, Elna. <laughs> you know, Nana was always the backup, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, either, I, I always had like a tenor upper cardigan to slip you and all that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, just getting a hanky. That is exactly what the Eurolink is a grandma as well. I, I know. <laughs> and so you should be. Yeah. You should be. You know, Nana was very much 
oh, she'll not be having crisps and ginger. They weren't even out the coast. Nana's like, crisps and ginger. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? know my daughter-in-law gets a bit annoyed at me. Yeah, she? Exactly. I can't help it. Nah, but you know, I always say you've got to give gran a bye. Yeah, because <laughs> gran's gran. Exactly, they're allowed to be the treat. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's that it's that thing that you're older and you're wiser, and the the stuff that I learned from my gran, like she had a certain life. It was a really really hard and difficult life, and she was never bitter or angry. And, that's something that I've, I've tried to kind of be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. think you, you've inherited that, definitely. Really She's tried. your mum's mum. Yeah, yeah, so she's my mum's mum. And don't get me wrong, I could go up and I could be like, see my mother, and my nana would just let you talk. Uh-huh. And she'd go, right. Now, remember, that's my daughter you're talking about. <laughs> right, so that's your first warning across the bows. Yeah. And you're like, all right, nana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And she was the most unassuming little woman, you know, and and and, but she she held the family hmm. because we all adored her. Like we used yeah. to, I I done her eulogy and I had a joke in the eulogy about how my dad had lost his ally uh-huh. because it didn't matter what my dad done. My nana would go, "Oh, Elner, he's a hard worker." <laughs> like my dad could literally have set the house on fire. Oh, but it's uh-huh. Alan. He's a good man. See, if I had a man like that, Elner, I wouldn't complain about anything. Do you know? Just always backed him. And my yeah. mum's like, my own mother. Do you know? But that, that's but women were like that. You had that internalised misogyny yeah. in the family, didn't you? Where the men always did yeah, yeah. wrong. I know, yeah, I know. You know, yeah, it's yeah. fine. So my mum and I. You uh, had a you had a tough time as a teenager. There seems to be a, a, some opera singing going on in the background. It's the so French. Just, yeah, <laughs> just the French. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Like I loved dirty bits, but it was just very difficult. And I suppose in hindsight, you know, my mum was going through the menopause. Yeah. Her husband worked away from home. It must have been hard for her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, she had a teenage son and a young kid. Mm. So you've got that going on with his stuff happening so he leaves the house at 16 you then get me you know she was out working she used to do a split shift kind of nine to one mm. four to eight so i would come in from school and put on dinner and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but they you know because of like we we had a nice house and you know we had two cars right that was like wow in the 80s i, I <laughs> yeah. think but it was because we all worked and i played a lot of rugby and stuff so it was up to me to go to my rugby to, to wash my kit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was going from like Garrah Hill mm. to Muir End and Clarkston. Oh so it's two trains after school, rugby training, rugby training at school, football training. Yeah. So there was a whole Did you do football as well? Aye, aye, aye. Like all the lesbian sports really Karen, to be honest with you. There was no netball. There was no netball for this little butterball. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no for me, no for me. If you, is that you travelling? No, yeah, yeah, no. Just, see, like, like you're of the height yeah, to do yeah, netball, Katie. Right? I did. Yeah. Right? I did just, I, no, I didn't play netball. No, I did basketball. Basketball. Sorry. I see. That's yeah. a proper sport. Exactly. I agree. 100%. That is a proper I've never sport. Never played netball in my life. No, because no, it was basketball. That's like right. sanitised yeah, basketball. You should just play basketball. Yeah. yeah. Why is netball? Yeah. I agree. Ridiculous. Yeah. I remember um, my agent saying to me, I was. We're talking about interviewing people, and he said, "Oh, there's um, the sister of the Neville brothers. You know the the Neville brothers, yeah. um, who's the England captain of the England netball team." And I was like, "Are you confusing me with someone else? <laughs> what point am I talking to anyone about netball, yeah. let alone the England captain?" It's like, can you hear my accent? Yeah. <laughs> he was oh, like, "I don't know what happened to me there." Yeah. Like, so yeah, so me and mum. So yeah, you had a tension in your, tension. Teen- in your teenage years. Was that because you were going out, or because it, it doesn't sound like you were wild? No, I I was a bit. So I was a heavy hash smoker. Oh yeah, very young, like thirteen to seventeen. Really? And looking back, I was trying to deal with my sexuality. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. I so, knew that this so was going to be a disaster. Hash. <laughs> yeah, and it was it basically just kind of numbed the hysteria that was yeah, going on in yeah, my head. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I could have done better at school. Could have done a lot worse. All things considered, sure, I done fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I when I, I left school at the end of sixth year, mm. so that was three weeks into Tony Blair, new Labour prime mm-hmm. minister, the first. Labour government I had seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Three weeks later, I left school, and I came out, 
and I came out to my mum uh, and dad. So at 18? I, 17. 17. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 17. Great. I came out and I sat down with my mum and dad and I had said to them, I said, look, I need to tell you something, I'm gay. Mm. And my mum... Very brave. Yeah, very brave. Oh, well. Had you been trying to do it for a while or is it just... I just felt as if that's that was done. I need to just get this out, out and have it over and done with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Because I, I went to a Catholic school as well, so you're, you're oh. not coming out at school. Absolutely. No yeah. way, especially Bloody not hell. in the 90s. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I told them, and honestly, God love my mum. My mum was like, are you maybe bisexual? Are you ACDC? And I'm kind of <laughs> like, if you want to go with that, right, yeah, that's that easier helps, for you. Whatever, yeah. yeah. And I told my dad, and I... I didn't. Did I, you tell them together? I yeah, yeah, yeah. and my dad was livid, <gasps> right? And he just and it was kind of silent. He went, "Well, here's your choice: you can be gay or you can stay in the house." So I went oh, upstairs. Oh my god! Aye, aye. So I oh, went your upstairs. mother must have been devastated. Yeah, but what could she do? Like no. there was. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Right, okay. So I went up to my room and I packed a bag. And I had about 60 pence and I walked out and I went to the, there was a, a phone box at the bottom of the street. Yeah. And I phoned my nana and I said, nana, my mum and dad have kicked me out of the house. Uh-huh. And my nana went, right. She said, don't be silly. <laughs> well, she went, jump a taxi, just get a black hack, I'll get you at the close. Yeah. Right. So when I grew up, um, it was called like, it was in Gara Hill, but it was called Brankney Cross. Mm. So it was a massive juncture so you could get, because otherwise it was two buses. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So, she, so gets a taxi 20 minutes my nana stayed in the north of glasgow actually mm. around the corner from where i stay now yeah and it was a like particularly kind of old school catholic kind of it was called the garn gad it's it's royston mm. up i go and then i realized in the taxi i need to tell her yeah because yeah. i can't not tell her yeah. i need to not tell on her the phone, though. no no but yeah. i'm like i need to tell her because they're going to tell her yeah. So I need to get this yeah, out fine. first. Yeah, yeah. She so goes in. So she's sitting. She's down the stairs. She's like, so you got up. the cab. Got the cab. Gets up. <laughs> she's <laughs> on the journey. She's <laughs> at the wee close. We are cardigan and a wee salt and pepper hair. She's seventy-seven years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I walk in. Uh, I walk into the close. She paid the driver. She's like, Mom, up the stairs. Right. And my nana wasn't an affectionate woman, but you knew you were loved. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And we sit down. So she sits in her chair, I sit in her chair, put the bag down, she goes, right, what's going on? And I said, right, Nana, the thing is, I'm gay, and I've told my mum and dad I'm gay, and they put me out of the house. Mm. And she was like, right, 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 right. So what is it they put you at the house for? I said, because I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And she went, and what happened? So I told her what happened, I went, and this is because I'm gay. Like, I just kept saying it, going, yeah. I don't think she's helped she's me. She's not getting... And she went, right. So see that she doesn't understand. Oh, so well, I'm in the story. She, she says <laughs> she doesn't understand what gay is. <laughs> so she just went. So see this being gay. I went, aye. She went, does it mean you can't put the kettle on? That was it. Oh, that was it. Oh, really? That was it. More statues than the Vatican. Yeah. Couldn't have cared to. Couldn't hoots. give a shit. Well, exactly. Right, because this is a woman who had six babies stillborn, lost a son <gasps> when he was ten. My mum was four. <laughs> My mum was four at the time, and then had a husband who essentially for four nights of the week was fine, but the rest of the week he was just an alcoholic abuser. Yeah. Right? As oh, a lot of men were at that time. Yeah, he was a wonderful grandfather, oh, but that's who he was. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, so then I was working in a jean shop called Bankrupt Clothing, and they used to. Um, Used to take up bank the jeans and bankrupt clothing. Bankrupt, bankrupt. Oh, bankrupt. Yeah. So if you would come in, you needed your jeans taken up. I would take up your jeans. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, fashion oh, designer. So as well. <laughs> Taught by Nana. <laughs> and, uh, and and and. I then get a part-time job. So did your nana let you stay with her? Oh, basically? I stayed with my nana for two and a half years. Yeah, really. But what did your mum say to you? Did she? We just kind of would talk, and then it took about two years, and then me and my dad went on a holiday. Oh, great. We went What's on a holiday to Florida, because nothing says... <laughs> not just not just you and your dad. Uh-huh. Really? Because uh, nothing says a straight holiday like me running about <laughs> Disney World, does it? Hiya, hen. So... <laughs> Do you know, I'm like, Dad, you're but probably how... the only straight person here. 
how how did you persuade her or how did he how who persuaded who? Nana. Nana. Family meeting. Nana. It's been You've a year. had a family meeting really. In the house, right? This is what's happening. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Go to Florida with your dad. My dad had, my mum and dad had been the previous year, bought a timeshare. Just go over. Oh yeah. wow. Right, okay. And we went over. So it was quite tense for about two or three days. They made this massive fight. Yeah. And then that was it. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine because he realised that I've not fundamentally changed. Changed, exactly. But he had to get his head round it. And I understand. Like, my but dad, he's a traditional old fashioned old, old fashioned, you know, Roman Catholic, yeah. you know, working class. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. I 100% get it. In and your we, mother never ever, she always. She was just kind of like, it is what it is, mm. you know? Whereas now, they're fine. Yeah. They just accept it. And they're yeah. like, right. And. I'm actually trying to write a joke for <laughs> another show about yeah. how my dad, you know, kicked me out of the house at 17, but he's back bang on with the non-binary. Yeah. Right, like there's a non-binary in the ball club. He's like, what a darts thrower. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? This is Sam. Sam is a they. And I'm yeah. like, or nine darter. Nine darter. And I'm like, oh, I, if only I could have played bowls. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Better at sport. So... They are, and, and I, I get that the world now is quite a, a difficult place for them. Yeah. But they, they get it. I remember one morning, uh, I was I was going out to work, and I'd popped into my mum and dad's to get something. I was having a cup of tea, mm. and my mum had said, oh, I was watching, it was like a Saturday morning, I was going to do a Saturday morning shift, and my mum was like, I was watching that Graham Norton last night, so there's me and my dad, and my mum's with the kettle, and she went... So he was doing this thing and he pulled out these dildos. Well, I'm not joking. My dad just about <laughs> choked in his cornflakes, right? My mum, meanwhile, is rolling about laughing, thinking about it. And I'm like, I need to get out of here. It's just too early in the morning yeah. to hear my mum oh talking about God. sex toys. Yeah, yeah. Nobody oh needs God. that. But that, and that's where we've all came about and we've all grown up and we've all matured into it. And you can't hold that. You yeah. know, you can't, if I carry that with me, yeah. that's going to define my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my life needs to be so much more than just coming out to my parents. Yes, did he, did he ever say sorry to you? I, oh. I, I, did I, I, I should, I was I, I wasn't going to I was scared to ask. <laughs> I, I know, they did, they did say sorry. And I just always go, I, I never ever need to live with myself about that. Yeah. They need to live. I've never done anything wrong. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. They, yeah. they, they know deep down and when it comes to it, that's, that's their thing and it's yeah. not mine. My nana, though, when I worked in Delmonic, as I used to do a Saturday afternoon shift, and she used to come in on a Saturday and have a wee natter at the end of the bar, and the pub was dead, and there was a cafe next door, mm. and I used to go and get her tea and a cake, and we'd sit for a wee hour and chat. And then, on a Sunday night, I was going to do a shift, and she goes, I'm just going down to the chapel bingo. You know the chapel bingo where you can win a bottle of bleach? <laughs> <laughs> Tea cakes, right? The usual in the chapel house, full, no, the big bingo, the chapel house, yeah, okay. where it's all right to gamble for bleach. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so, great. it was a beautiful summer's night, and she went and put on her wee jacket and she had a wee AIDS ribbon. She had a what? An AIDS ribbon. ribbon. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Where'd you get that? She went, Oh, I just seen it. I was like, Okay, walked her down. I went to work. Mm. The following Thursday, the Steve Rayson came into the pub because they used to provide all the condoms and loop all right. for, for all the free, right, for the safe sex. Yeah. Comes up to me, where'd your nana in? I said, what? <laughs> Aye, your nana was in because you know how we're in the Royal and it was just off Castle Street. So she was telling us, she just walked down. <laughs> She'd picked up the pink paper from the pub, read it. Uh-huh. Seen stuff about the Steve Rates and HIV AIDS clinic at the time in Glasgow, uh-huh. went in and asked them, can my granddaughter's gay, can she get AIDS? And they said, no, no, sit down, wow. we'll have a chat. Went out and get some cakes, yeah. sat her down for a couple of hours, explained it all oh, to her, really? explained the hepatitis, yeah, gave yeah, her leaflets, yeah. and she put £20 in the tin and bought her, her AIDS ribbon. Oh, isn't that fantastic? Isn't that just like... Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Older people don't know about things. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, older people know about experiences they've been through in life, but 
they don't know how you're feeling or how, you know, that things are changing all the time so at the moment. She didn't understand it, but she understands what love is and she yeah, understands yeah. what, like, you know, I'll try and understand it. Yeah. And I'm sure my nana probably knew, get, like, you know, I've got a suspicion of an uncle yeah. who never married, lived with his sister, was a civil servant his entire life. Sure. You're like, yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> probably gay. Do you know? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But it couldn't be because of whatever. Because, because of the, the because time. of the world. Yeah. yeah. So I think when you just see that, and I just kind of thought, well, if that's Nana, yeah. If you if if Nana can stand by me, I'll be all right. Yeah. In life. Yeah. 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 I'll be all right in life. So yeah. So is has your Nana? What are the kind of lessons that your Nana has given you then? Because I think your Nana gave you more life lessons than your mummy. Yeah. So what? Yeah, my Nana was like, "Don't be bitter." You yeah. know, don't be angry. You know, she went through a lot of heartache. She was also the only girl with um, five boys and she was the second oldest. Yeah. And her mother and father got divorced. Mm. My nana's one and only trip to Edinburgh was to go to the court to session. Oh, really? In 1940, when oh she was... Goodness. No, in fact, 1936, yeah. when she was 16, to oversee their divorce. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Right? Uh, like, you know, you think that 1920 she was born, so the world was a different place. It was hard to get divorces in those days. Yeah, yeah. and you were Catholic. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, God, even worse, yeah. Yeah, so my nana kind of taught me that you need to just accept people for what they are. You need to be kind, be thankful for what you've got. Yeah. Work hard yeah. and strive, but never, ever look down on anyone. Yeah who's not yeah. of the same social status as you. Sure. Which are pretty good life lessons yeah, to have absolutely. as a family. a lot of life lessons, yeah, for but sure. Conversely, my mum got diagnosed, I actually talk about this in the show, about my mum getting diagnosed with pancreatic cancer three months after my nana died. Really? Yeah. And I felt my whole world, I was like, oh, no. How did your nana die? Uh, my nana was just 96, old age, you know, one UTI, too many... Pneumonia. She was in the house. It oh, was. Don't say that. You get UTIs all the time. No. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> she, she actually. Had I to do you in hospital for. because yeah. uh, of the Barocca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that thing with. Uh, she she'd been diagnosed with that, and and it was so. Ah, uh, my like the survival rate's thirteen percent, and really? I was like. There's no way. How was old it? was she then? When was 96. this? So my nana was 96. My mum, my when she was diagnosed, would have been 68. Oh, right? Yeah, 68. So goes in and they're like, mm, it's pretty bad. Okay. 12-hour mm. operation, 28 lymph nodes, spleen, part <gasps> of her stomach, Jesus part of her bowel. Christ. A lot. In remission. Really? In remission. Really? really? in remission. My mum was in remission for oh pancreatic cancer. Oh my God, right? that is amazing. I do a joke about it in the show because my dad, the, the Wednesday before lockdown, mm. my dad got out of hospital after seven weeks because he had a below the knee left leg amputation, right? So he's an amputee. Mm -hmm. And I say, my parents lived through that global pandemic and all those health issues. I'm never getting that house. Like, just never. <laughs> right? And we have a lot. And I, but I asked them, because I talked about it, so I always feel that if I'm talking about something where it's those issues, I need to ask their permission and let them hear the joke yeah. and go, are you comfortable with that? And they, are, they always are, but you need to. So my mum and I then became closer. Not that we weren't close, we were, we were close. But with my gran living back at house, my marriage had ended. So for the last nine months of my nana's life, I was back living at home. Mm -hmm. We were all there. We became closer because we were going to lose my nana. And then my mum got that diagnosis and we were just like... Absolutely. Oh, no. And then obviously my dad, like my dad's had various heart issues over the years as well. So you're just sitting going, you only get one throw of the dice with these people yeah. and they will do your nut in for mm -hmm. the rest of your life mm -hmm. but you you only get one throw of the dice yeah. and you need to cherish it and when you walk into a high dependency unit and you can't see your mum's arm for the amount of cannulas in it Jesus. you go 
this is this is this is my mum can never remember me visiting her or even visiting her for the first kind of week. Really, is that and right? I don't think you understand how poorly you were. Mm-hmm. You, know, you were really, mm-hmm. really, really poorly. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if there's one thing Glasgow's good at, it's treating cancers and hearts problems really? Really? and yeah we're like the best in the world because oh, we get so much Look practice yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah and, and she, sur- she survived it and I've just got to go she's Jesus. absolutely murder right? yeah. like I'll speak to my mum on a Wednesday and a Friday hello stranger you're like <laughs> I literally spoke to you two days ago. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I <laughs> yeah, so. But she's possibly very positive about her her condition, is she? She has completely. Because I think that's got something to do with it. Aye, she's completely embraced life. Yeah. Now and she's like, no, we're going on holiday. We're going on a cruise. We're doing this. We're yeah. doing that. Stuff that she wouldn't necessarily have been the driving force for. She was very much. Oh, I'll check with your dad. Now she's yeah. like, oh, Alan, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, I bought his tickets. We're going to such and such a thing. My dad's like, oh, is it disabled access? Right, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's great. And she's living her life. And it, it's just nice to see. It's nice to see that. Yeah. Because they're in that situation in their life where they can't live with each other, but they can't live without each other. Sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. And see, as soon as you go, see my dad, my mum's like, that's your father. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as you say, what is going on with her today? My, my dad's like, don't be talking about your mum like that. Yeah. So it's that yeah. real, do you know? Bond. Uh, yeah, aye, yeah, aye. Lovely. So you really kind of, you just need to So my, my next question, sorry, can oh. I ask a question? Yes, <laughs> you can. Do they come and see you perform? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, do they come and see every show? Uh, so, yeah, they, they've been to every show. They came, I got them a box. I bet they're really proud. Oh, you got them a box in the Kings? And the Kings. Oh, oh how fantastic. So I got them a box at the Kings, and the nicest things was the amount of people going, oh, just seeing your mum and dad. Do you yeah. Because they were, they were quite a big part of the show. Really? And uh, just seeing your mum and dad, and that was really nice. Yeah. And then people were sending me pictures where they met my mum and dad outside. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and they were they were here last Friday. They came to the show last oh, Friday. Great, so great. yeah, they they love it and they're really encouraging. And they just, do you know, they just want me to do well. Yeah. If I'd say to my parents at seventeen, I'd like to do drama. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll have a job. Yeah. You know, you don't think you'd be lying in your bed being airy fairy. You know, yeah. that would have been my dad's attitude to yeah. that. Because yeah. you know. The, my parents don't, they don't go to the arts. No, no. You know, they're two working class kids for a scheme mm-hmm. who are baby boomers, yeah, yeah. done really well with their social mobility through nothing other than hard work and graft. Yeah. yeah. And they instilled that in us. Yeah. You get nothing for nothing. Yeah. Everything right. you work for. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's it. Even like if I wanted like boots, like when I started rugby, mm. my dad's like, I tell you what we'll do. Here's a list of tasks. Mm hmm. And if you stick at the rugby and you get these tasks done, and the next month I'll get you boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> you know, yeah, that, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Literally, yeah. don't get anything for something for nothing. Yeah, but it it teaches you yeah. your core values. Yeah, you know? that's right. And yeah. and please and thank you. Like my dad was so on really manners. Uh-huh. Oh, like everyone, everyone in the family, all the friends would be like, take your kids anywhere <laughs> because it was just. You say please, you say thank you. If we were ever out for dinner, you know, growing up, we didn't have kid friendly restaurants. You just went to a restaurant. (laughs) And my dad was very much tell tell the lady, tell the gentleman what you want. You know, interact. I'm not going to speak for you, you speak kind of thing, you know. He was very much about that. And, And like my brother at the age of 13 could cook, clean, wash, iron. Yeah. Wow. I could, he was very much... Yeah, you're contributing to the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you contribute yeah. to the house and you take responsibility for yeah. your stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you take responsibility for that, I don't need to moan at you, so everything's fine. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. how it was kind of instilled in you. I mean, I, there's just a little gap in your life that I haven't found out about is construction. I want to know how you got into yeah, construction. Yeah. So that was my dad, right? So I'd say to my dad, after I came out, it was quite clear that I couldn't be an electrician. So I worked in a shop. I couldn't go to uni because I was living at my nana's. Mm. And I worked in a shop, then I worked in a gay bar, and I done that. And then I left that. I was in a relationship, which was my 16-year relationship, two years of which we were married. Yeah. And I said to my dad, I'd quite like to be an electrician. And my dad's like, 
<laughs> was, was that your riding eye roll? And he's just like, ah, oh. so like, see when I thought I was having a daughter, and all you done was kick a ball, yeah, and build things. He says, right, okay, you can go on that site as a labourer. Paps me on a site as a labourer, and the boys were really? like, oh, I, I get nothing for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go and be a labourer yeah. on the building site. All right, oh I'll be a labourer. Hard hats. And... Oh, oh, aye, 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 Phil. So I was a labourer. Guys were like, it's really good, Alan. She's dead keen. Oh, kind of showing her a few things. Was it rough? Was it hard? Eh. Uh, when you first did it? Aye, but it was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. So yeah, you yeah. just kind of muck in, don't mm-hmm. you? And get it done. Yeah. And they get a good laugh. You know, yeah, it was yeah, a good yeah. laugh. Yeah. And then... Um, he says, right, okay, so I was just young enough, I was 23, so I was just young enough, there's two ways you can be an electrician, you can be the apprentice, traditional, yeah, yeah. or adult trainee, which is kind of night school and working. Mm. So I went traditional, so I would be on site for six weeks in your first year, college for six and all that. And I, I just really enjoyed it, and mm. I flew through it, and then I fell off a ladder. Oh, no. Damaged my back. So my time was out at this point. Yeah. And I got offered the chance through a friend to be a trainee estimator. So that meant I would go into the office and learn how you price the work to tender. Okay. To win the work. So see, it was like yeah, the TV needs a rewire. Yeah. I get the drawings from the engineer and I count everything. All right. Get all Great. the quotes, bring it back, and work out what the cost of that would be. Looking at, you could be quite useful to us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you all the things yeah. that are wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you look at things like the building structure, the building fabric. You know, yeah. new builds, easy, all that. Sure. So I started off pricing like housing because yeah. that's dead simple, and then I moved to the biggest M and E company in the country, and I started to price projects at. 5 million, 10 million, yeah, 15 wow. million, 20 million. Wow. And you start to price all that stuff. Wow. So, like the Velodrome, stuff like that. The yeah. Velodrome in Glasgow. Yeah, cool. Like Shorts Prison, loads of schools. You were probably earning a fortune. Yeah, were you good money? Aye, aye. Like, you know, I was like senior estimator. Yeah. Um, a couple of times I'd been estimating manager. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we a team. So, uh, aye, I mean, you're looking at upwards of 50 grand a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, you're going, right, but... Then you find this. Yeah. And there's a whole... I found, when I found comedy, Mm. that I found the thing that I was meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think we would all agree with that. You're the kind of uh, comedian that's on stage, you just know that you were supposed to be there. Like, it's funny bones. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Aye, like, class clown. Yeah. Having a laugh in the kitchen at a party. I was always that person. And... You know, Mernsey, Mernsey. Yeah. Hey, you, McCabe, it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny bones, McCabe, funny bones. Right? And I, I love Mernsey. Yeah, but Mernsey's funny bones, yeah, you know. It's just, Completely. like, you can't not laugh if you're sat She's with Mernsey. She's referring to Raymond Mernsey. Yeah. Raymond Mernsey, a legend, yeah. Yeah. legend. Yeah. But that, that kind of thing where there are just funny people. Mm-hmm. And then you learn how to... How to do it on stage, how to perform it. it. And that's a craft. Absolutely. It's like you might enjoy being a joiner. Yeah. But if you could then learn to be a cabinet maker, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You've got the ascent, you've got the basics, but you can then start to perfect it. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And you're now, what's next for you? Busy autumn. So I've already uh, started the wheels in motion for the next show. Great, brilliant. So. I always find I don't drink when I'm here. Yeah. I, don't, I stay completely dry. Yeah. Don't actually really drink unless I'm having a night out, out, you know, sure. with friends or whatever. Yeah. Sure. So I always find the halfway point in the fringe is when I'm kind of creatively thinking about it. tuned in yeah. and starting to do. And the show that I'm doing the now, I actually wrote in Crete in 2019. Oh, did you? After the 2019 fringe. Yeah. Because you're in such a you're in such a zone, mm. you're so much fit, like, you're every night, you're so quick, everything's coming to your head, your head's in that place that you're not actually having to sit down and try and find something, it just sem- tends to flow. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be working on for 2023. Yeah. And just taking that, and then it's just, it, it is just autumn and they're on into Christmas yeah. at that point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's just, uh, just that. Don't know how Christmas will be this year, because... I know. You know, a winter world cup. I know. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) 
but also I'll quite enjoy not dealing with a coked up party of workies, you yeah. know, yeah. who never really get the fact that they go, oh, there's a woman in the bill, and then I come on and I'm like, oh, what is it you do? Oh, yeah. you're the joiner? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> That's why I'm on £4 more an hour, mate, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of go, all right, better, better yeah. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Put them in their place. Oh. Um, and yeah, what, we're hoping to have you as part of the Glasgow Comedy Festival again, which you have a very Glasgow special place in your heart comedy. for the Glasgow Comedy Festival. I do, I do. The Comedy Festival. So I had 20, when would that have been? 2012, November 2012. The incorrigible Alan Anderson phones me up. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, the less better said about him, the better. <laughs> and, uh, he goes, should I do a solo show? I says, I don't think I've got an hour in me. He said, you will have, by March, go and write an hour. Yeah. I went, okay. So it was the year I was getting married, so I called the show an uncivil partnership, because that's all we could have. Very good title. I love a title. Yes, I love a title. (laughs) And I I sold out. So he done me, like it was Dram, 60-seater, sold it out, put on a show on the same night, back to back, sold that out, great. I came through the stand to support Dylan Moran, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Shepherd. Mm-hmm. at this point still involved with the stands, like, sure. what'd you not come to me for? I was <laughs> like, well, I didn't think you'd give me your club. He's like, I will give you my club. So they then gave me the club on a Wednesday night, sold it out, Thursday yeah. night, sold it out. Great. They went, right, okay, we'll give you an extra date, that one, right, sold that out. Mm. Then the following year, we put the tickets on. So 2018, we put the tickets on for 2019. And we put it on at five o'clock on a Friday. Mm. Jane Lavery at the time worked for the stand phone me up and went, we've sold out. Yeah. I've had to take back the allocation from C tickets. Like, yeah. She goes, I've got a, a light pencil in the diary. We'll firm that up and we'll put that out at 12 o'clock on the Saturday. Mm. I said, right. So on the Saturday... Me and Nicola were having a DOE, and the next day I was supporting Jason Manford in Aberdeen. Mm. So he said, right, we'll stay in, like, Brody Ferry, yeah. go for dinner, do that. So we'd, like, been for a swim, yeah, nice. getting ready for yeah. a night out, not looked at the phones. Nicola's like, you better pick up your phone. Pick up my phone. Phones went mental. Those tickets had sold out mm-hmm. by 7 o'clock on the Saturday. Yeah. And then Sarah Watson at the time. Yeah. Phone me on the Monday, went in and went, we go with the Kings yeah. for 2020. Yeah. She's like, because that's demand. Yeah. And that's what you've built up yeah, to. Yeah. And then, obviously... Oh, and you managed to do it, of course, because it was it. just before yep. well, the, the, they shut everything down. Yeah, we went in a lockdown the 23rd, and I was meant to play it on the 28th, but I played it this year on the 26th. So they all kept their tickets, though, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, no, which is so great. Which is, also, you didn't get to I do didn't it. Get it to didn't do get it to do it. Ah, right. I know. Um, I was just thinking, wouldn't that have been just amazing? Oh, cause... yeah, because I would have had the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had the money. Um, but, yeah, and that just felt like, that just, that just felt like, such there was so much love in the room that night because everyone had waited that and that show just it just exploded that night you know yeah. and it was it was great it was just great yeah yeah and you, you had a good time aye aye <laughs> and you're just fortunate like you you don't start out doing a six minute gig at a comedy course thinking yeah. you're going to sell out the king's theater of course i know you don't course. even think yeah, yeah. you're going to be a headliner yeah you know yeah. you, you that's not what you're getting. But it's all down to you. Yeah. It's all down to your yeah. hard work and Absolutely. your writing and your comic ability. It's yeah. fantastic. Let us give us you give your compliments, Susie. She's crawling inside Karen. Oh come on. It's what, fantastic. One yeah. of the, the best things about the, the Kings was a couple of old school teachers bought tickets. Oh and they met me afterwards and I was like, and you said I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, this this is the career that you should have, you know. Um, but I know that it's, was really nice. It's been an absolute Ooh. pleasure having yes. you on this podcast. It has been great. So lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you, you, ladies. Susie, and have a wonderful rest of the fringe. No, and you have a wonderful uh, rest of the fringe. <laughs> you have got. Uh, an amazing lineup up at Guildhead. Yeah, Gildate. we do. Yeah, we're very p- pleased with the program this year. Yes, it's um, and we are. Look- <laughs> what was no, that? Sorry, with well, this that bit will have to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a the program's wonderful. It's just a challenge. That's all. It's a challenge every year. It's a tough year. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. But yeah. you know what? Next it's a year, lady. <laughs> next year will be back. Yeah. And and you know everybody will have. A, had this year under their belts because yeah. it's three years that's know, exactly what it is exactly. it's exactly that it's a long time and we are so used to being into the fashion of festival fest of festival mm-hmm. fitness yeah totally. and everyone's like oh I forgot how <coughs> forgot how many hills there are in Edinburgh <laughs> I know they love a hill and they love a step yeah don't yeah, they yeah we do we do <laughs> they love a step I'm like I'm moving to Holland after this <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. My mama said. Mama said.